All right, so in Luke chapter 2, I want you to notice in verse 25, it says, And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. The same man was a just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Ghost was upon him. And it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And then we'll look at that story again a little bit. But we'll see that here is a man that unlike many in Israel, understood what had just taken place. Here, Jesus comes, his parents are bringing him according to the law, and when he sees him, he knew who he was. It was revealed to him by the Holy Ghost, and what a moment that must have been for this priest to just be able to take this baby in his hands, realizing this is the Messiah, this is the one that we have been waiting for. And then also, he understands too. He's like, you know, I'm, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to part in peace. He's like, my work's done. He's like, my work as a priest is done. Because he even seemed to have understood the fact that Jesus Christ was going to complete the work that the priest had on earth during that time. This guy clearly had gotten a hold of some things that so many did not understand at this point and didn't even understand uh, throughout the book of Acts. And obviously he understood these things by the Holy Ghost. And so as we look through these, these examples of people who did understand who Jesus was, who did understand what was taking place, we're going to note some key characteristics about these people that the Bible points out. And these are all things that are supposed to be in us. And I believe those are the keys to us understanding the times that we are living in, the key to making sure we are ready for Christ at His appearing, and that we don't miss anything. Because I don't want to miss anything. I just I love the thought of knowing Christ is about to come back. And I don't I don't want to be surprised when it all goes down. I want to see it coming. I want to be ready. And so uh, but before we get into some of these examples, I want you to turn over to first John chapter four. First John chapter four. And it, and again, because I talked about this a little in the last message, but we often, especially when being contentious, okay, when people get contentious, what is it that they like to do? They like to fight over definitions of words, over the words themselves. They like to fight over position. They like to fight over who has that position. I'm standing with these men. I'm standing with that man. You know, we all fight over the most carnal things, but at the end of the day, the key to getting things right, it's the Spirit of God. And we see in 1 John 4, 1, it says, Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. Hereby know we the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesseth that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is that Spirit of Antichrist where have you have heard that it should come and even now already is in the world? And so here he's, he's warning them about telling them, try the spirits. If, there, if it's a spirit that says and that has a message that Jesus Christ isn't coming to the flesh, that's an antichrist spirit. Reject it. Run away from it. If it's a spirit saying Christ is coming to the flesh, that's good. Now, what's funny, I've heard people before use this phrase of trying the spirits as a way too of just Picking at people's words, you know, just tearing apart, having strife of words. And because someone didn't say something exactly, exactly technically 100% correct, 
you know, they'll just label them a false prophet. They'll nail these people. But at the end of the day, you know, while I think we ought to say things as accurate as possible and use the right words, I often look for the spirit of things too. And a lot of times it's like, you know, sometimes even people who are technically saying the right thing, they got another spirit. And we got, we, we need to learn to judge these things. And again, most of the time we're fighting, we're fighting over technicalities. We're striving about words to no profit, but to the subverting of the hearer. And the truth is, what we should always be looking for to have in our life, what we should be looking for in the lives of those who we would follow after and that we would listen, is there are certain character traits that the Bible heavily emphasizes that are of utmost importance across the board. Every one of these things we're going to be talking about, if you have these things in your life, it will help you in so much more than just getting Bible prophecy right. This will help you in literally every area of your life. So let's look at some people who did know what was going on and see what we can learn from them. So first off, how about Mary? Okay. Now, we're not going to take time to read the whole story. We looked this morning during the Sunday school hour at the story of Mary. But let's read a few verses in Luke one twenty six. It says, And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God into a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail thou that art highly favored, the Lord is with thee, blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. And you know the story, the angel Gabriel goes on to tell her that she's going to have a son. She's going to have the Son of God. Uh, he's going to have the throne of his father, David, and gives him all these great, pro- gives her all these great promises. But notice what the angel said specifically about Mary in verse 28. He said, Hail, thou art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Mary was a woman who was highly favored of God. Now, the Bible does not tell us exactly what it was about Mary that caused her to have favor with God. But there was something about her. Just like there's people that we favor for a lot of different reasons, you know, and usually, you know, sometimes we favor people because they're like us in some ways. And that's not completely bad. That's kind of normal. You know, even God talked about, you know, uh, David, how he was a man after God's own heart. You know, David was like God in many ways. And so that caused God to have favor. We see that, you know, there was the disciple whom Jesus loved. You had John who laid on his breast, somebody who wanted to be close to Jesus. And that's how, and I think that's one of the reasons he was the beloved disciple. Because you know what? Jesus is looking for people who are wanting to be close to him. And he, and John was one of those guys wanted to be close and Jesus just returned the favor. But what was it about Mary that caused her to have favor with God? And while the Bible doesn't specifically say if I were going to guess, I think probably the best guess is her faith. Now, the reason for that, we see in Hebrews chapter 11, it says, By faith Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found because, because God had translated him. For before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. Now, the only thing the Bible really tells us in the Old Testament about Enoch is that he walked with God. Right? What does that mean? What did that look like? The Bible does not tell us, but the Bible does tell us that Enoch had a testimony that he pleased God. And then the very next verse says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. 
For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So I believe one of the reasons Mary was favored is she was just a woman of great faith. And think about it, folks. An angel comes to her and says, you're going to have a child and you, and she, when she's never been with a man. And she believed that angel. That takes faith. You know what she didn't do? She didn't do like Sarah and start laughing. I mean, she, she believed that. She was, and not only did she believe it, she was willing. She's like, hey, thus be it according to thy, you know, uh, to thy handmaid, according to thy word. She was, she was okay. She submitted to it. She was willing to do that. Understanding too that some people might not understand. Some people might have a problem with it. She lived in a day where it could be dangerous for a woman to get pregnant, you know, outside of marriage. Not like it is today where you'll just get more government welfare and, you know, and everybody will still throw you a baby shower and the whole nine yards. No, this was a different day back then, but yet she was willing. She was okay with it. And I personally believe that that was why she had favor with God because of her faith. And you know what? We can't please God without faith. And, and I'm not just talking about faith for salvation. No, God saved us by faith, but God also wants us to be a people of faith. God wants us having faith every day. God wants us always trusting him. Abraham, he believed God when he said he was going to multiply his seed as the stars of heaven and God counted to him for righteousness. But you know what? Abraham also believed God when God just told him, go take your son, you know, go take your son and kill him. He was obedient. He was faithful. He was willing to do whatever God told him to do. And that's why I believe I preached a message a long time ago on like a twofold child of Abraham. And we're a twofold child. We're a child of Abraham when we believe on Christ for salvation. But we're also a child of Abraham when we as people of faith do, you know, things of, that take great faith. Because Abraham did both of those things. So faith. Okay? You're going to have to have faith. If you're, if, when it comes to things to come, you're just going to have to trust God. Whatever it faces, or however things go down, you are going to have to trust God. When it comes time where they implement the mark of the beast, however that goes down, however that works, you know what? You're going to have to have faith. I don't think, I, I, I personally will be surprised that if when the mark of the beast comes, it is just crystal clear, nobody can deny this is it. I think when the mark of the beast goes down, there's going to be all kinds of people saying, that's not the mark of the beast. Because the prophecy gurus said this and this and this was going to take place first and that hasn't happened yet. And you know what? We're going to have to have faith. I, I, I believe that. So either way, faith is always a necessity. But another example too, we talked about this a little bit in Sunday school. We're not going to read the passage again. But John the Baptist and Elizabeth. John the Baptist and Elizabeth knew what was going on. John the Baptist knew what was going on when he was in his mother's womb. We look at that in verse 39. It says, And Mary rose in those days and went into the hill country with haste into the city of Judah and entered into the house of Zacharias and saluted Elizabeth. And it came to pass that when Elizabeth heard the salutation of Mary, the babe leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost. So John the Baptist already had the, was filled with the Holy Ghost from his mother's womb. But then Elizabeth here gets filled with the Holy Ghost. And because she was filled with the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost revealed to her through a, the baby leaping in her womb that Mary was bearing the Christ. Now, now think about that. She knows her cousin Mary. She knows her that she's a virgin. 
She knows all these things. Mary hasn't told her she's pregnant, but Mary just walks in the room and just through the baby leaping in her womb, Elizabeth knew the truth that the Messiah was in her presence. Think about that. Think about all the people that Jesus lived among and they didn't recognize him as the Messiah. Think about the people who watched Jesus perform miracles. The people who heard Jesus preached and yet they didn't realize that he was the Messiah. But Elizabeth, when she's in the presence of Mary, who's just pregnant and not even showing with Jesus, realized she was in the presence of the Messiah. Folks, what was the difference? The Holy Ghost. And let me tell you something. You are not going to understand some things in the Scriptures without the Holy Ghost. He is so important. we got a lot of people today going to these seminaries. They're getting all these degrees, learning how to repeat back a ton of facts. But you know what? They still don't have the Holy Ghost. And you know what they end up doing? They end up teaching Calvinism. They end up teaching all these other false doctrines. They end up teaching work salvation. They end up teaching ecumenical junk. I mean, infant baptism. All these crazy doctrines and things people are teaching when they're getting tons of education. And a lot of times we'll look at these things and we're like, how can this be? How come they can't get this? I'll tell you why. They don't have the Holy Ghost. And right there is the key, ladies and gentlemen. And you don't want... I don't know about you. As a pastor, I need to have... You know, I I need to be able to see what this Bible is teaching. As a soul winner, I need to be able to see what the Bible is teaching. And let me tell you something. If I'm grieving the Holy Spirit, it's going to cloud things up. If I'm not walking with God, if, I don't, if I'm not following the leading of the Holy Spirit, I'm not going to get things right. I'm not going to preach the messages I need to preach. Listen, I'm like any pastor. I want our church to do good. I want it to succeed. I don't want to have splits. I want to help people. I want to change people's lives. But if I don't have the aid of the Holy Ghost, I'm going to mess everything up. I'm not going to get things right. I'm going to preach dumb stuff. I'm, it maybe even heretical stuff. And you know what? Isn't it interesting too that one of the works of the flesh are heresies. What, it, we can read this Bible in the flesh. And even though it's the Word of God, we can come away teaching heresy. Why? Because we're in the flesh. So the Holy Ghost, folks, that is so important. That's why Ephesians 5.18 says, And be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. We've got to have the Spirit of God. John 16.12 says, I have yet many things to say unto you, but ye cannot bear them now. How be it when He, the Holy Spirit, is a person. The Holy Spirit is God. When He, the Spirit of truth, is come, He will guide you into all truth, for He shall not speak of Himself, but whatsoever He shall hear, that shall He speak, and will show you things to come. So folks, the key to getting it right, it's not aligning yourself with the right prophecy guru. And you know what? Thank God for people that know Bible prophecy real well and are real good at teaching it. But at the end of the day, the Holy Spirit guides you into all truth. He is the one that will show you things to come. Simeon got it right. Mary got it right. Elizabeth got it right because of the Holy Ghost. That's why. That's what's going to get us doing the right thing. There are people out there, they are so good. And I'm talking about in the post-trib world, in the pre-trib world, they are so good at boldly, loudly repeating back facts that they were given by a prophecy guru. But at the end of the day, it's not internalized with them. 
It's not theirs. They don't really know. You know, they, they don't have an understanding of it. If somebody comes along and they teach some of the same things, but maybe they use different scriptures or they go at it with a different angle, it completely throws them off. And they got to check up with their prophecy guy. Hey, is this, is this guy legit? Because they can't tell themselves. That's the thing, same thing too with salvation. You got people that maybe they use a little different terminology or something like that. And you have simpletons out there that think false gospel, false prophet. You know, and then they got, they got to check up with their, with their guy to make sure, is this guy really legit? It's like, what, are you not capable of trying the spirits? Are you not capable of seeing and telling whether this is, this guy is actually of the Holy Ghost? Why, why aren't you able to do that? Because at the end of the day, the Holy Ghost is the best teacher there is. The Holy Ghost tells us what we should and what we shouldn't listen to. And I'm, I'm telling you, we need to learn to pay attention to Him. So, you know, if, if you've got the Holy Ghost in you, if you're walking with God, if you're, if you're sensitive to the Holy Ghost, when you hear preaching, He'll help you. He'll help you understand if the person's a false prophet. He'll help you understand if it's just a good guy, but maybe he made a mistake, maybe he just messed up. He'll he'll help he'll he'll help you know when to run. He'll help you know when to embrace the teaching that you're hearing. The Holy Ghost is going to help a lot, and I'm telling you, most people today they are working so hard, they are reading books, they're putting all this effort into learning facts, and there's nothing wrong with that. But at the end of the day. The best thing you could do to advance your Bible knowledge in ways that a college or university could never help you is by just getting in a good relationship with the Holy Ghost. And boy, He will teach you things, and and it is it's 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 an amazing thing. So many people think just because they're saved and because they have the Holy Spirit that they will always have a proper understanding, but that's simply not true. You must be filled with the Spirit. You must be filled with the Spirit. Saved people can get in the flesh, and with the flesh comes heresies. So, always remember that. But another individual that we see in the Christmas story who understood what was coming was Joseph. Now, turn over to Matthew chapter 1 and verse 18. Matthew chapter 1 and verse 18. Now, there's a lot we could say about Joseph, but I want to point out really one very important characteristic it says, now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise when as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Joseph, he was well aware of the fact when he found out Mary was pregnant that it wasn't his. He was well aware of that fact. And, you know, when a woman comes, when, you know, when your espoused wife comes along and says, I'm pregnant, but I haven't been with a man, that's never happened before. Ever. And it hasn't happened since then, too. So you can understand why Joseph, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privily. He's like, listen, I don't want her. If she's been fooling around on me, I don't want her. And he wanted to put her away privately. But look, while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth the son and thou shalt call his name Jesus for he shall save his people from their sins. And you know what Joseph did? He went and he did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him. Verse 24, Joseph being raised from his sleep did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him and took unto him his wife. You know what we can say about Joseph? Obviously that took a lot of faith right there. 
But let me tell you, faith, get it's more than just a feeling. It's obedience. Yes, and he obeyed. Right. And he went and he took her as a wife. And he took care of her. He took care of someone else's child. According to the Word of God. According to what was told him by the angel, Joseph obeyed. Folks, that's, that's a big deal right there. And you know the problem that a lot of us have today? We don't want to obey the Scriptures. Sometimes the Bible tells us things that we don't want to hear. And it's like, you got a lot of people out there, they want to know all about Bible prophecy. I want to know all about end time events. But I'm not going to obey, go ye into all the world. I'm not going to obey, you know, husbands love your wives. I'm not going to obey, bring your children up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. I'm not going to obey, be kind one another, tender hearted, forgiving one another. I'm not going to obey, love your neighbor. I'm not going to obey, love your enemies. I'm just going to pick and choose the things that I like to do. And then at the same time, I'm going to learn a whole lot about Bible prophecy and going around calling all the pre-tribbers heretics. And I'm going to go around nailing false prophets and stuff. But I'm not going to be obedient. Listen, if you're not going to be obedient, God's not going to show you anything. God's not going to help you with anything. You've got to be obedient. If you're not willing to take the simple, clear instructions of the Bible that are that are for you to follow the you know the example that God has given for men, for husbands, for fathers, for children, if, kids. If you're not going to obey children, obey your parents and the Lord. That's a pretty easy command. Anybody need to go to school for that one? Anybody need a college education? Anybody need me to go to the Greek to figure out children? Obey your parents and the Lord, for this is right. Honor thy father and thy mother. Kids, if you're not going to obey that, what makes you think you're going to learn all the deep secrets of the Bible? You know, you've got all these people out there today too. They come along and they're wanting to say, I, I believe that the Apocrypha should be in the Scripture. I think that, you know, the Catholic Church was trying to hide things, you know, from God's people and they don't want us reading the Apocrypha. And, you know, I, I, I believe in the Apocrypha. I believe in the book of Enoch. I believe in the book of Jasher and all these other things. Like, listen, you don't even believe the Ten Commandments. You know, you got these guys committed, you know, they commit adultery in their wives, fornicating. You, you don't even believe 1 Corinthians chapter 7. You don't believe any of these things that have to do with everyday life, but all of a sudden now you've just got all this extra revelation from these other books when you're not even following these books. Listen, God didn't show you nothing. You, you got absolutely nothing from those extra biblical books because you haven't even gotten anything from this book yet. What a, what a shame that is, but that's how a lot of people are. You know, Joseph, when he was told to do something, and it was no small thing, he was told to believe his wife who said that she was pregnant when she'd never been with a man. But you know what? It was true. And Joseph did what he was told to do, and it, it meant difficulties. Here he's got, it, you know, he's got a wife that's pregnant, and it's not even his child. He, after that child is born, Herod wants to kill that child. He's got to flee to Egypt. He's got, he's got to go live in another country to protect that child. But you know what? He did what he was supposed to do. They took Jesus so he can be circumcised on the eighth day, which was necessary. They took and they gave that offering for the firstborn like they were supposed to do. Joseph did all these things. He raised him right. He provided a home where it would be possible for Jesus to keep the law. Think about that. All the things that Joseph had to do. Joseph was an obedient man. And he was a man of faith as well. And I'm telling you, disobedience, it'll make you dumb. Obedience will make you wise. The Bible says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And, and I'm telling you, try to learn, try to get as much head knowledge as you can about the Bible. But if you won't even be obedient to the things spelled out in the Scriptures, 
don't expect to get the hard stuff. Don't expect any extra revelation from God. Listen, don't come to me after you've been drinking. You can't even follow. Wine is a mocker. Strong drink is raging. And then you come to me. Pastor Tommy, I, I might have been a little drunk last night, but listen, listen to this revelation that I got from God. I don't, no, you didn't get any revelation from God. Okay? You saw something in a drunken stupor that wasn't there, and do not try to convince me of it. I don't believe God is showing you extra things from His Word when you can't get the basics down. But that's how a lot of people are today. You go watch any of these clowns on the Internet giving extra revelations for stuff. Any of these clowns given extra revelations from their apocryphal books and things. And you know what you will find in these people's lives is that sin abounds. Sin, open sin abounds across the board. And they're not getting anything from God because they are not obedient. So another group that we see that understood what was going on. We talked about them a little bit this morning. The shepherds. And we're not going to read through the story of the shepherds. We looked at it this morning. But again, it was revealed to them by angels. They told them what was going on. The angels revealed it to the common man. Those who were humble enough, and shepherds were, they were humble. Okay, and we, I've talked about this before. A pastor and a shepherd, it's the same word. Somehow we have elevated the role of pastor to something where pastors go around with this title exactly the way that the rabbis did that Jesus called them out for. But because we've used, we've replaced the title, all of a sudden now we're, we're incapable of violating the spirit of what Jesus said when he's talking about, you know, not calling people master, rabbi. The, the title was not the problem. It was the elevation. It was giving man with it. And pastors are doing the exact same thing. Being a, a pastor, I think, I think they picked that on purpose too because it was a lowly thing. It's, it's a humble thing. A pastor, a shepherd, a minister. A, it's a servant. That's what all these things are. And it was shepherds that God revealed by angels that the Messiah was born. That gave them a sign. Because you know who God uses? God uses the humble. Okay, now listen, we've got a lot of guys out there who are calling themselves pastors, who have elevated that title, who have achieved celebrity status, and there are, these people are typically preaching a lot of false doctrine and a lot of crazy stuff. They're very lifted up with, they're very lifted up with pride. But you know what? These people typically are too. A bunch of false prophets too. Giving revelations that just aren't there. Teaching things that just clearly aren't in the Bible. What, what's going on? I'll tell you what, God reveals things to the humble. God reveals things to those who are going to believe and then will go and tell others. Those shepherds went and told other people. That angel said, Behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. The angels, they wanted everyone to know. And you know what? Those shepherds went and told people. Now, again, because they were shepherds, people didn't pay that much attention. We don't see any big deal being made about it. But look what it says in chapter 2, verse 19. It says, But Mary kept all these things, and pondered them in her heart. So while a lot of people were hearing what they were saying, it was like, uh, whatever, you know, those are just the shepherds. You know, they, they might have imagined. I don't know what was going on, but Mary, she did. She kept these things. She pondered them. It's very possible, too, that the story of the shepherds and what they saw, that story might have been preserved through Mary. 
Because again, it doesn't seem like the town paid a whole lot of attention. I don't know that the Bethlehem Gazette put it in the newspaper the next day or something like that. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't appear that, you know, any kind of movement was started from what the shepherds saw that day. But you know what? It doesn't matter. They did their job. They did what they were supposed to. God revealed what had taken place to humble, lowly shepherds. And they did what they were supposed to do. They revealed it. And I'm telling you right now, if you're looking for information, if you're looking for extra revelations so you can be lifted up with pride, so you can get a following, so people will respect you, then you know what? Don't expect God to show you anything. Don't expect to see things coming. It's like, I've got to be the first one to see these end time events. When the the first seal gets broken, I've got to be the one to notice it because if I'm the first one to announce it on YouTube, that'll ensure my YouTube popularity and that'll really... Listen, God's not going to reveal anything to you, buddy. If you're just doing things so you can get puffed up with pride and so you can just outdo everybody else, those aren't the kind of people that God reveals things to. You know who He reveals them to? The lowly. To the humble. To shepherds. People who are just doing their thing, being obedient, that nobody looks up to, but are just obedient and will go and tell other people. And what do those shepherds say? This is what, I, I've had this verse memorized since I was a kid because I played a shepherd in a Christmas play one time. One of my lines I remember after we saw all those things, said, let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass which the Lord has made known unto us. That was my line. And that's exactly what they did. Let's, let's go see this thing. Let's go see what the Lord's made known unto us. And you know what they did? They went and they saw it and then they went and they told other people about it. And that's exactly what we should do. And God does, God reveals things, God does not reveal things to us just so we can keep them to ourselves. That's not why He reveals them to us. He reveals them so we will tell other people. So back to Simeon, Luke 2 and verse 35. Notice what it says about him. It says, um, Verse 35, or I'm sorry, verse 25, it says, And behold, there is a man of Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. The same man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Ghost was upon him. Notice, this was a guy who was faithful to the work that God had him to do. He was just, devout. The Bible says a lot of great things about him, but this was a guy who had been doing a work for a long time. This was a guy who had a ministry who had a job that God had given him and he was faithful to it. He continued it and God had told him, you're go-, it's like, you're going to do this work and you're not going to die until you see the Christ, until you see the Messiah. And, you know, and what a great promise that was. You know, what a great thing to know. I wish I knew. I'd love to get that kind of promise that, you know what, Pastor Tommy, you're going to pastor until my second coming. That'd be a good motivator right there. But you know, I don't know that. You know, I I might be dead before the Lord comes back. I I don't have that promise, but he got that promise. But either way, this was a guy, God didn't promise this to a guy who was wishy-washy in and out. No, God promises to a guy who is faithful, a guy who is just, a guy who is devout. This is somebody who's dedicated to the work that God has given him to do. And God revealed it to him. He revealed it by the Spirit. And I'm, and right, I'm telling you right now, a lot of people are, I'll go try Christianity. I'll go try being a Baptist. I'll go try serving God. I'll go try being obedient. I'm going to go try these things out and see if I get some good results immediately. No, you know, God, 
God's going to use those who are faithful. God's going to use those. God's going to bless those. God's going to teach those to somebody who they learn a truth and they decide, I'm going to do this no matter what. I'm going to do this until Jesus comes back. I'm going to do this whether I get blessings or I don't get blessings. Most people today, they're just trying things out. Oh, fine. I'll start giving my tithes and offerings. But you know what? My finances better change for the better right now. Otherwise, I'm done. Or you know what? I think God is looking for people who have just decided, you know what? This is right. I'm going to do it no matter what. That's what. That's how we should be. And then we need to be faithful doing it. And meaning, even when it's difficult, even when things aren't going that great, we just keep on doing it. That's what God's looking for. That's what Simeon was. This is a man who is faithful. Look at verse 36 of Luke chapter 2. We see a woman says named Anna. says, there was one Anna, a prophetess, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Aser. She was of great age and lived with an husband 70 years from her virginity. And she was a widow of about four score and four years, which departed not from the temple, but served God with fastings and prayers night and day. And she coming in that instant gave thanks likewise unto the Lord and spake of him to all that look for redemption in Jerusalem. So notice here we have a woman and she's very faithful. I mean, for decades, she has just been faithfully serving in the temple through fastings and prayers. Man, I'm telling you right now, I think probably one of the most lacking thing that we have in churches today are just faithful prayer warriors. People, you know, we, a lot of times we do. We have people, they'll do the work. They'll put in the physical effort and thank God for them. But you know what? God's looking for prayer warriors. God's looking for people who are going to talk to Him and communicate with Him. And man, to have... A woman like that in your church for decades is just faithfully... And that, folks, the Bible says she was serving. That was how she served, through fasting and prayers. Now, folks, where is the physical benefit that we can see from a woman, an old lady, really old lady, just fasting and praying for our church? There's nothing that we can see. But without a doubt, spiritually, there's a benefit there to something like that. And that woman, that's all she's doing. This is not someone that people are going to look up to. This is someone that people are probably going to feel sorry for. They're, they're not going to regard. They're not going to think of. But you know what? When the Messiah showed up, she knew who he was. You know what? God revealed it to her. God saw what this woman was doing. I mean, again, just imagine what that must have been like to think that this woman was in the presence of greatness. I, I remember... I mean, I hate to even bring this story up because it just doesn't even compare. But I remember one time I was, I was in drive through McDonald's and I remember I saw this, this Indian fellow walk out of McDonald's. He walked right in front of me and we kind of make eye contact with each other. I look at that guy and I was like, I know that guy from somewhere. And I just, I didn't think anything of it at first. And then I'm like, well, whatever. But then uh, a little bit later, I, I, I just couldn't get the guy. And I was like, who, who at all? And then all of a sudden it hit me who that guy was. And some of you might know who he is. Um, maybe those of you who are spiritual, don't his, it was M. Night Shyamalan, who's like a famous movie director and stuff. And, I'm, and I remember my dad was in there and the same, he had seen him too. He's like, I knew that, knew that guy from somewhere. And so we did, we looked up some stuff on the internet and it turned out he, was, he had been in the area. We didn't know it, but I was like, man, I went and should have got his autograph or picture taken with him or something like that, which 
he's not even really that great, but he's pretty famous. But I just remember thinking, man, I saw a famous dude, and I didn't even know it. I, I just I knew something was up. But imagine all these people who's like, maybe found out later, Jesus was my neighbor. The Messiah, the Son of God. And I never knew it. I was mean to him. You know, or I, you know, I mean, think about how that they must have felt. I mean, think about how Paul felt. We know how Paul felt when he found out that I've been persecuting Jesus. I mean, what a terrible thing that was. Thankfully, he got it right. Thankfully, God forgave him. But I'm telling you, folks, that would have been an amazing thing to have been in the presence of the Messiah and to have known it. And so many people were in the presence, but they didn't know it. And I think about these things because, again, no matter what, I'm going up in the rapture. But I just think there's just going to be something special for those who see it coming, for those who are ready, for those who are watching. And that's why we are told to do these things. And so I'm looking at these stories, trying to figure out what can I do to make sure I don't miss it. I want to know. I want to know when it's about to go down. I want to know when it's coming. And I, I'm telling you, I believe we can. I, I, I believe we can know. Remember what Jesus said in, I forgot which church he was talking to, but he said, if thou will not watch, I'll come on thee as a thief. Well, you know what that tells me? If, I, if we do watch, he won't come on us as a thief. I don't want him coming on us as a thief. He's going to come on the lost as a thief in the night. Okay? Again, we talked about the movies this morning. I know the thief in the night movie came on everybody as a thief in the night. He's not coming on us as a thief if we're watching, if we're waiting. And so the last people we see, how about the wise men from the east? We will, uh, go ahead and turn over to Matthew chapter 2. Now, now th this is an amazing thing right here. Okay? Now, some of you might get the wrong idea from this passage, but there, there's definitely a message you need to get from this. But Matthew chapter 2 says in verse 1, it says, Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from, east, men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. These guys, they're not saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? We saw the angels and they told us. They said, We've seen his star in the east. I don't know what this looked like. I don't know how it worked. But somehow, from a star, they knew that the Messiah had been born. They were able to find the Messiah by following a star. Now, some of you are going to get inspired to go buy a telescope and are like, I'm going to figure out how Jesus is coming back through the stars. I watched Robert Breaker's video uh, about, you know, the star constellation thing and the Revelation 10 prophecy. Remember that video that went viral and it was all supposed to happen like three years ago? You know, I mean, and of course it didn't happen. Robert Breaker didn't see nothing in the stars. He just stole that from somebody else. But either way, that, that was a big joke. But you say, well, the wise men, they figured out the first coming from the stars. The wise men figured out the first coming from what had been given to them. And God had revealed this to them through the stars. Okay, now... Am I going to stand up here and say, I think we might get revealed when Jesus comes back to the stars? He said, well, it's going to look like. Uh, well, the sun's going to be turned to darkness, the moon's going to be turned to blood, and the stars are going to fall from heaven. 
You know, so now how much notice that's going to give us before it all you know goes down? Probably not much, but I'll take it. Okay, I'll take it, folks. When the sun's dark, one of these days, if I go outside and it's dark when it's not supposed to be dark, and I see a red moon, I'm getting excited. Okay, and obviously not John Hagee's blood moons that uh, he talks about. I, th- I think we'll know. I think we'll know it when we see it. But either way, they. They diligently followed everything that they had. They weren't, they weren't Jews. I don't think they had the Word of God. I don't know. We don't know what all they had. The Bible does not tell us. But they probably didn't have much. So, but here's, here's the thing. What they had, they diligently followed. Now, let me ask you. We've got quite a bit right here. What are you doing to follow it? What are, what are you doing? Well, I'm following the Bible prophecy parts, just not the behavior parts. No, follow the behavior parts. Those are, those are really important. Follow, follow the parts about faith and walking with God. Following leading the Holy Spirit. Follow the be ye kind one to another. Follow these character traits. Follow the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. If you don't have every one of those things, then you know what? You're not, you're, you're not following what God has given you. And I don't know about you. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to just follow the star to just the nation where Jesus is, or even just the town. I like where it talks about how the star, it went and it was over where he was, where the child was. And they found, they found him and got in his presence. They gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. I want to get as close as I possibly can. And so you know what? Since God has given us an entire collection of the Scriptures, I think what we just need to do is just follow this thing as close as we can. I'm going to learn everything we can. I want to get everything out of it that I can. And you know what? I want, you know what I want to do? I want to, I want God not to show me more Bible prophecy stuff. I want God to show me. Now, I'm going to challenge you on this one. Think about this. Okay, this is actually not real hard, but most of you won't do it because it'll overwhelm you. I'm going to go read my Bible and see if I can find something that I'm not doing that I should be doing. I'm going to see if the Lord will point out sin. In my life, some of you are looking for Bibles so you can point out other people's sins. But why don't you why don't you follow this and let it take your life wherever God needs you to take it? And if you do that, if God wants you being on the front lines of what's going on with Bible prophecy, you're not going to get there by being disobedient to the commands for your own personal life. You're going to get there by being obedient to all the things that God has told us to do. And so, again, these people that we see in the Bible that saw what was coming, you know what we don't see said about any of them is that they were students of Bible prophecy. We see them, it being pointed out, all of these things about them just being faithful, being devout, being filled with the Holy Ghost, all these things that we have been commanded to do as Christians. They were just obedient people. And God used them. So all of these, all of these notable traits, God constantly, or the Bible constantly pushes these things on us. And most people today, they think the key is just having the right brains, being connected with the right group, getting together, putting together the right chart, and then I'll have it all figured out. No, it's actually going to be the real simple things. You know, some of us, we think because maybe we've watched a few documentaries, we've heard a few sermons that are really good on these things that we really know our stuff. But you know, what would probably do a lot of us good 
Maybe just go sit down with some godly old person sometime. And they'd probably blow our minds with some things. But you know, the thing is, though, they might not talk about the deep things of Bible prophecy. They might talk about prayer. They might talk about how to treat other people. You know, these things that don't necessarily help us get lifted up with pride. But these are, it's those things that God is looking for. Those are the people who knew what was going on. The scribes, the scribes, they were the ones that people went to. If, if people wanted to know something about the law, who did they go to? They went to the scribes. These are the guys that would surely know things. But yet the scribes, Jesus was constantly on their case. They didn't even have salvation. And most people today, that's who we're going to. We're going to the scribes all the time. We're always going to the scribes. We're going to the book writers and all those people. We're going to the people with degrees, the people with all these high positions. That's not where it's at. It's with the lowly. It's with the obedient. And we, in the last verse, 1 Corinthians one twenty six. For ye see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. But God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty and the base things of the world and things which are despised hath God chosen. Yea, and things which are not to bring to naught things that are that no flesh should glory in His presence. That's what we would do. That's the first thing we're going to do. We, get, we, we figure out all these things. We unlock it all. We're going to glory. We're going to brag. But that God doesn't use those people. But of Him are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption, that according as it is written, he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. We don't see anything magnificent about any of these people that knew what was going on. The, the highest ranking one you could say would be Zacharias. He was a priest of the Lord. Everybody else, very lowly, humble positions. The wise men, you know, these guys were called wise men. They were looked at as authorities, but uh, they were the exception. Uh, the, most of these people were the lowly, the humble. And so we can learn from that. Let's be those people. Let's be Anna, the prophetess. Let's be the shepherds. Let's be a Joseph and Mary, and if we will be those things, we will know what we need to know when we need to know it. And that's so. With that, let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you so much for more wonderful examples. Help us to be ready. Help us to be waiting for your return. And so, Lord, as we do that, I pray that we will just follow these very simple, basic, uh, lowly things that we see in your word. And you'll help us to be successful in our walk with you. Uh, in living godly. Uh, I pray you'll just do great things through the lives of each person in here. In your name we pray. Amen.